HD Wow May episode season two take one. Hello and welcome to High Tea with Old Waver. Otherwise, <laughs> take two. HD Wow May episode season two take two. Hello and welcome to High Tea with Old Waver, otherwise known as HT Wow. My name is Dave. His name is Toby. Say hello, Toby. Hello. And uh, before we get to the exciting content, including a fantastic book report by Mr. Toby Pipes, we want to uh, bring your attention to a couple things. We have uh, this time with you before the proper pod to just do a little house cleaning, to talk about some things that we don't necessarily want to belabor during the pod. We'll talk about being a patron several times in this episode, but if you're a patron, you have access to HTWOW After Dark, which is the after party of this podcast with lots more tunes and lots more fun and lots more drinking. It's uh, loads of fun. We uh, would like you to go to oldwaver.com and click on the premium link and become a patron. Uh, you can do so for as little as $5 a month, and uh, those funds go towards us buying equipment so we can do road shows and uh, we can bring the pod to you. And also want to make a request. If you like this pod, if you think it's fun, funny, entertaining, if you like the tunes that we play, you can uh, help us grow the pod by either telling a friend or by posting a review on iTunes or both. We're five stars, by the way. Are we really? Five stars. I think we've got like 13, maybe 15 reviews by now. That's pretty good. That means it wasn't just me and you leaving the review. Right. Yeah, we're doing solid, but we can always use uh, more reviews because the more reviews that we get, the higher we will uh, end up in the results on iTunes and the more people will discover us. And so uh, that's what we all want, right? We all want to share all the great tunes that uh, Toby and I bring and we want to uh, enjoy this uh, communal listening experience with you, the HTWOW fans. So thank you, and uh, stay tuned for hot jams and sweet, sweet times with me and Toby on HTWOW, May 2019. Perfect. I can't believe you wrote What a Feeling. Do you remember that one? What, what a feeling. And feel believe Is that the one where she gets the water? Like she's no, that's, that's Maniac, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, I have a um, a Three Dog Night story that we can tell after this song.
Kicking It Down, episode 23 of HTWOW, the May 2019 episode, although that really doesn't matter. You don't think it matters? Well, uh, a friend of the pod who has uh, done a, a fine job of recruiting new listeners, mm-hmm. uh, he... Talked to a buddy, and the buddy was like, well, so should I start from the beginning, or should I start from the most recent one, and then work backwards? And so, uh, my buddy asked me. Okay. And I said, it doesn't matter. Just, just, just doesn't matter. Just listen to them in whatever order you feel like. What would you, what, what do you do on pods if, you, or if you're new to a pod? Um, I don't really listen to pods. I just do a pod. <laughs> wow. Some people listen to pods, and some people do pods. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess just uh, look at the um, look at the synopses on oldwaver.com and look for bands that you like, and uh, just pick pods that way. Yeah, that'd be a way to do it. Just go uh, go on your on your Spotify jam, and then well, do you do it on the Spotify depending on episode, or you just list all the songs? No, the Spotify playlist is just all the songs. But if you go to oldwaver.com, there's a drop-down menu. It says Featured Artists, and you can click on it. And it has a list of every single band person that's been featured. And so you can just seek one out, click it, and then it'll show you how many episodes that band's been in. And you can cherry-pick. That's like a good that. way to do it. Pick pick the one that has your favorite bands in it first, and, right. then, and then roll. Yeah, and then you'll hear stuff that uh, maybe you weren't familiar with, and uh, you know it'll all kind of happen organically for wow, you. That's what we're it's, here it's for. It's an Dave. organic HTWOW experience. It's a farm to table. <laughs> this is a farm to table HTWOW, otherwise known as High Tea with Old Waver. Uh, it is known as such because I am Dave Lane, otherwise known as Old Waver. He is Toby Pipes, otherwise known as High Tea. I am uh, at Old Waver on Twitter. He's at Toby Pipes on Twitter. We also can be reached via email at htwpod at gmail.com. And we'll get to some viewer mail a little bit later in the episode. Um, and uh, the last bit of housekeeping, this is a song swap and a beer swap. So if you've never listened before, welcome. Uh, we drink beer. I bring a beer. Toby brings a beer. I bring three songs, Toby brings three songs, and we just kind of take turns and we talk about stuff. And it's a good time. It's probably better if you're drinking too. Yeah, it helps out. Um, do you want to get into the first beer? Have yeah, we can do that. Yet? And then we need to talk about that opening track that we just oh, yeah, yeah. jammed to. But let's talk about the beer. Have you tasted it yet? Yeah. I like it. It tastes exactly like a IPA. Yes. So um, my beer... I got it because of the can. It's uh, the Maharaja IPA from Avery Brewing out of Colorado, Boulder, Colorado. Uh, you, you might be familiar with Avery because um, they have the White Rascal. That's kind of their flagship beer. Okay. But it's got a real sweet drawing of uh, the Maharaja on it. It, and it does look good. And he's got a, a hop. Or an avocado, as you might say, on the top of his hat. <laughs> I know I did feel dumb about that later on when I was editing the pod. That, yeah. uh, 
I forgot what an avocado looks like. It's okay, even though, you know, I have experiences with avocado, what, four or five times a week. I just <laughs> forgot what they look like for two seconds. <laughs> but I think you're right. I was thinking um, artichoke. Yes. You, you got three things confused. And um, But, you know, we make mistakes on the pod, Dave. And we leave most of them in. And we leave a lot of them in because being dumb is kind of our thing. And the more we drink, the more dumb we become. Yeah, and you've decided to make sure that's going to happen because you, once again, our patrons normally stick it to us, but you have decided to uh, do it yourself. Yes, this is a 10 percenter. I usually I usually try and find at least a ten percenter, and I succeeded. Uh, here's what they say about Maharaja IPA, brewed with Rocky Mountain water, malted barley, hops, and then they have the varieties: Columbus, Chinook, Centennial, Simcoe, Idaho Seven, and Vic Secret. And I think, yeast. I think the Vic Secret is the that's the secret ingredient. Yes, and then they describe this beer as regal, mighty, dank. Hmm. It's not super dank, though. Like, I, you know. I normally describe use dank to describe other things. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that was a beer thing. Yeah, well, you know, there is, I guess, a um, kind of an odor that really dank hops have in common with other things <laughs> that are dank. 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 <laughs> it's kind of weird, isn't it? <laughs> Dank. Uh, so, yeah, what, good, what about that first jam, the uh, the psychedelic furs? Well, you know, we were discussing if that is the one from the soundtrack, and now I'm thinking it is, because, you know, they had to do a, a new version for the soundtrack. Right, because they originally recorded it off or for the Talk, Talk, Talk record. Is that right? I think so, yeah. Um, But they needed to make the movie version longer at the beginning with the sax solo kicking for the credits at the top. Oh, okay. And they needed that snare hit, the pop, bam, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's it, For some reason to us, like we both immediately thought, this isn't the, the one from the movie, but I guess it is. The, the drum sound really threw me off. Yeah. I just, I thought it, I thought it was more kind of like an airbrushed version for the soundtrack, but I guess I was wrong. Yeah, it sounds good, though. Um, do, do you like the original or the soundtrack? Uh, you know what? I couldn't even tell the difference, obviously. I think the original's a little more uh, early psychedelic first, kind of almost punky a little bit. Yeah, it was it's like a 81 or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it's raw. A little raw. But, you know, I have a, a story about that later on, how uh, psychedelic first got on the soundtrack. I guess I should say what I'm doing. Sure, if you want to go ahead and reveal that now. I'm doing, you're, you're doing a book report. I'm doing a high-tea retrospective. Sounds important. Does it sound better that I say retrospective? Uh-huh. On the uh, Pretty in Pink soundtrack. I love it. Which is a great soundtrack. And John Hughes was the master. Yes, so you have now added a new category to... High tea book reports. <laughs> yeah. you, you you have artists uh -huh. who maybe have done different bands and solo work, and we can do a retrospective of that artist's career. Man, that, I love that word. We have producers 
Mm-hmm. So we can do a retrospective of a producer and all the different bands that they've worked with over their career. Mm-hmm. You say it better than me, by the way. And now we can do soundtracks, which a, I, a retrospective of the best soundtracks of our lives. Yeah, because for us, I don't know if the soundtrack is as big to the kids these days. I'm guessing it isn't as it was to us growing up. Well, you know, I think that the difference is... The Pretty in Pink soundtrack, that album, that collection of songs was so popular. You'll still have hit songs off of movies, like that uh, uh, Into the Spider-Verse had that uh, Sunflower song that, Mm -hmm. uh, what's his face? The guy with the face tattoos. (laughs) Um, Uh, Paul, uh, uh, Pale, uh. What's his name? Post Malone. Yes. Post Malone, and then some. he had some rapper with him. I don't even know who it was. Yeah. But that song was huge. Yeah. Like my, my, my daughter now says that that's her favorite song, or it was. She just switched. Um, what did she switch it to? Yeah, they'll redo those on the kids' bop. Yeah. Clean them up a little bit. Yeah, so she, Sunflower was her favorite song, and I, she just told me that she had a new favorite song, and I can't remember what it was. It's not, it's not the new T-Swift? No, it wasn't the new T-Swift. Come on, bro. Man, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I don't try and brainwash my kid. Maybe when she gets a little bit older, I'll, I'll guilt her into listening to good music. But Well, Pace goes back and forth, but the reason why she gets into awful stuff sometimes is your fault. Because, because one day in the car, you, off, yeah. you told us what Kids Bop was, and she is, there's no turning back. Because she used to just listen to 80s jams. I'm sorry. But she still does. Well, I feel like uh, you maybe were robbing her of her childhood. And, yeah. And I, I think I helped her. She still, uh, she's, she likes to go back to uh, um, Thompson Twins or uh, um, uh, the Go-Go's at any moment. Those are still on the list. But, you know, Kids Bop is really not that bad. <laughs> They'll throw a Dua Lipa on you. Yeah, I did hear, I did hear the Dua Lipa on there. I'm glad we brought her up again. Yeah. Do you... uh, I can start to explain about the opening song, or maybe I should wait to do that till right before I play one of my first jams. Because it's... um, Yeah, why don't you, uh, in the ramp up to your first jam, kind of get back into the the story of the soundtrack. I will. Yeah, so let's go ahead and get right to my first tune, and let's uh, let's get to the quality content that people are so excited to hear (laughs) on their podcast player. Good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I have an exciting new song from a, a very exciting band, a band that has uh, had a resurgence, a reunification, a very successful reunification, at least, uh, you know, in our minds. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking of the band Ride. Oh, I I didn't realize you were going to play a Ride Jam. Yes, so Ride was one of the kind of linchpins of the early 90s shoegaze scene. And uh, their first album, Nowhere, which came out in 90, was uh, one of the touchstones of of the shoegaze movement. And then they kind of... um, well, they they kind of uh, went in a different direction after that. Well, didn't some of the members end up in Oasis? Yeah, Gem Archer, or Gem. 
Oh, was it just one dude? I think, yeah, I think oh, okay. it's just him. All right. Um, well, no, I, I think Andy, wasn't Andy Bell in, th- in Oasis 2? I thought he was, or he could have ended up in Liam's band, or I yeah. feel like well, Ryan I, think, I, I think everybody who was in Oasis um, after Oasis split, they ended up going with Liam, so I think they were in Liam's band. So yeah, the band is Andy Bell, Mark Gardner, uh, Laz Colbert, and Steve Quaralt. Quaralt. And this isn't the same Andy Bell that we are so fond of. No, this isn't. <laughs> this isn't Erasure Andy Bell. That would be really weird. <laughs> yeah. So Andy Bell, he had a band um, after Ride split up called Hurricane Number no. One. I remember them. And then, uh, then he joined Oasis and played bass in Oasis. And uh, then he, I guess, played in Liam's uh, various solo bands. So now they're back. They are. Uh, Ride has a new record. Uh, well, yes, they have a new record coming out in August. They came out with uh, a, a reunion record in 2017, uh, which was called Weather Diaries. Did you listen to any of that? No, I, I had no idea Ride was doing stuff again. Yes. Well, uh, so they were part of the uh, the Hyde Park Cure show that I went to. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. In they, the middle of the game and all the yeah. yeah. So they they played the the second stage at that gig. Did you make that one? I remember there was a hard yeah, times getting there. Yeah, it it was difficult navigating from one stage to the other because it was so crowded. But I did get to see a handful of ride tunes, and um, got to see. You know the the main jam from uh, the Nowhere record, uh, Vapor Trail, which was okay, what yeah. I really wanted to hear, anyways. And uh, but they've been touring on Weather Diaries for the last two years, and then they just released a brand new single, and uh, it's the first single off of an album entitled "This Is Not a Safe Place," which will come out in the middle of August. And so uh, this tune is called "Future Love," and as I said, they kind of, after they started out as a, as a shoegaze band, they kind of went into kind of a weird uh, Britpop phase, but they weren't really Britpop. They were kind of like, uh, I don't know, like 70s throwbacks. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say, they always seemed to me like just a, like a rock and roll band. Yeah, and, uh, and then they broke up in the mid-90s, and so, but when they got back together, um, they kind of went back to their original chimey, melodic shoegaze sound you know i used to have a record of theirs called tarantula yeah was that a thing i mean that was one of their later ones yeah yeah i think i really like that i can't remember what's on it i don't remember either um but uh yeah man ride is they're good yes the, you know the the two main guys uh mark gardner and andy bell um they have a lot of uh great uh guitar interplay and uh, it's just a good tune. I think you'll enjoy it. If you like the stuff that we like, then I think this will be right up your alley. You ready to hear it? Let's hear it. Let's play it. All right. This is Future Love, the brand new single by Ride hey. on HD Wow High T with Old Waver.
Man, you, I, I forget how, um, what a pleasant voice he has. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, so I double-checked while that was playing. So Andy Bell, he, after Oasis, he was in Beady Eye, Liam's first solo thing. But then the, uh, the Liam solo record, the most recent thing that Liam's done, he was not part of that. Yeah, he's got just bandits in that. Mm-hmm. It seems like Liam's last thing did pretty well. Yeah, it did pretty well. It sold, uh, it sold quite a bit in, in England. And it wasn't bad. We played a song from it. You know, he's from back. England. He is. And they, they tend to like people from England in England. In England. In England. England. Dank. Dank. Yeah, man, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you uh, see, Dave. That's why this works out because I didn't even know Ride cared to make records anymore. But yeah, there you are. They do, and uh, I also brought um, Nowhere on vinyl for the After Dark. Oh man, what's After Dark, Dave? <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> you should ask. Um, After Dark is the subscription-only podcast that you can only get by being a patron. Well, what what kind of stuff happens on the After Dark? Well, the After Dark is kind of the inverse of the regular HTWOW because we are super wasted. We record it After Dark, after we we record this one. Mm -hmm. And instead of a bunch of talking and six songs, it's less talking in ten songs. Well, I gotta say, I think people... It's um, kind of a party. Yeah, you put up the um, the our new graphics for the After Dark recently. Uh-huh. And I think people like that even more than the party. <laughs> right, yeah. They, uh, and we need to uh, to thank our, our buddy Tim, who does all our, our logos and artwork. Our artiste. Yes, Tim Childress, a talented MFer. He made us uh, an After Dark uh, logo that... I told him, make it look like Night Flight. And boy, it sure does. <laughs> it looks just like Night it's Flight. so good. Well, maybe we should listen to a little sample of, uh, what's it called again? It's called uh, HTWOW After Dark. Yes, if you uh, were to become a patron, this is what you might hear. If you've ever wondered... Wondered whatever became of me Well, I'm living in the air in Cincinnati Cincinnati, WKRP yeah. I got kinda tired of packing and unpacking Down town, up and down the dial Ooh, baby, you and me were never meant to be but baby, think of me once, <laughs> once in a while. I'm at WKIP and since We saved it at the end. We like to sing on the After Dark. It was hard not to sing along right then. I know. Um, I'm sorry I forgot forgot all the words Did, i mean I, that, that, it wasn't like we planned that that was just that know. just happened i messed the words up right at the beginning i'm not living in the air in cincinnati <laughs> we're we're on the on air. the air it's fine it's, it's fine it's obvious we had it by that time dave it's amazing we can communicate at all uh-huh 
so if uh, that interests you at all, uh, you can go to oldwaver.com and click on the premium link, or you can uh, search HTWOW on patreon.com if you're familiar with Patreon, if you subscribe to other stuff there. Um, yeah, just look for HTWOW, and uh, there are uh, basically three different levels. There's like a, a level if you just want to make like a a one-time tip jar type donation. But then there's also uh, levels where you get to uh, get some merch. You can get a koozie, you can get a t-shirt, you can get a scarf. And uh, I need to actually... Uh, Wait, what are the ones where you can pick the brews? Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, if you do the t-shirt level, you get to pick the beers that we drink. If you pick the scarf level, you get to pick the... Um, the, the theme of an episode. And that's happening next month. Yes, next month uh, we have our first patron theme. And so Melissa has asked us to do a synth-based episode. Which is great. I mean, that's not a, it's not a far reach for us that we'll be able to do that. Yeah, so uh, let, me, let me read what she said. Oh, we're going to read some viewer mail. Yes, we are going to read some viewer mail. Uh, from our top readers. Dear HTWOW, should I, do you want to hear the thing again after you say Dear HTWOW, the chimes? I'm really um, proud of them. Sure. Yes, yeah, so Melissa writes. Hold on, do you want to hear it right after you say it? So okay. Melissa writes. Melissa. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Melissa writes, Dear HTWOW, as for a theme... Synth music. So love talking about various synth bands. Listen to OMD, Erasure, Ultravox, Visage, Simple Minds, Craftwork, DAF, Human League, Heaven 17, Depeche Mode, and etc. So she kind of just left it wide open, whatever we want to do with that. No, that's great. We should go... Uh, I was thinking maybe be... we should do all vinyl. Yeah, we can do all vinyl, but I can do the, you know, the... The beginnings of synth, and you can do um, your favorite synths. Sure. I can play some Noi and some um, craft work again and play early synth stuff that's just awesome. Yeah, so we'll figure out how to pay off uh, Melissa's request, but yes. If, and you uh, know what? We should carry that on like I'm doing the soundtrack thing into the After Dark. Just keep it synth day. Yeah, absolutely. Next month... Uh, not only the episode, but the After Dark will be all super gay synth music. Good. I love it. Um, and I uh, want to, before we move on to your book report, I uh, want to get to some viewer mail. Let's hear it. Are you ready for this? I, lo I love it. Is if it, you, if is you would it like good to send, stuff? Yes. Or? Yes. It's great stuff. It's no hate stuff. Um, <laughs> the first one, and by the way, if you would like to write us our email address, I think I mentioned it before, htwowpod at gmail.com. Uh, so Cody writes, Dear HTWOW, Been listening to HTWOW from the start, was never into the whole synth-pop British New Wave thing at all, but after listening all this time, I've realized I've been missing out. What do you recommend as far as bands and albums I need to dive into first? What bands are your all-time favorites? I collect vinyl, I need to start picking up stuff and getting into this new genre, but I don't know where to begin. Help. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. So next month, 
the June pod is going to be essential for Cody. Good. So that all works out uh, timing wise. Yes. So uh, Melissa has given us the task of a synth based theme Mm -hmm. and Cody is asking for a primer on what to uh, get into as far as synth music goes. So uh, it's all going to work out great next month. It really will. And uh, one more from uh, our P1 Lane. He is a, uh, a patron. You're going to love this. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> he says, hello, Dave and Toby. Thanks for continuing to kill it at HT Wowing Us All. We love it and we love you all for making it. I know a lot of work goes into editing down not just the show, but the bonus pod for us super fans. And I thought it might make it easier for you if you release the bonus pod two weeks after the main podcast. This would I not would only give that. you guys extra time to edit, but also make sure that we super fans have a steady stream of HTWOW approximately every two weeks. I think people would see it as a bonus, not a delay. Wow. Maybe that's just me, though. Just an idea. No pressure. No, man. I feel like I might have written that myself and made up a fake name. <laughs> that would that would be awesome. He's he's totally right. I wish... You know, the problem is, is that that is the way it should be, but the last couple of months have been busy yeah, so we're you, barely you getting a lot it of in stuff going on so under the water but i would say after this month things will be planned out a, a little better okay because well, lane lane is trying to uh make life easier for you yeah, man thank goodness that's that's very nice he concludes thanks again for keeping this going such a fun idea for a podcast i really enjoy it y'all should try cigar city highlight sometime i think we did on the pot or not, it's 7.5. It's freaking delicious. Bonus fact, we have sort of the same name. My first name is David and my middle name is Lane. Who knew? Then he says, also, I played guitar for Laser when that was a thing. You're kidding me. Sort of on an indefinite hiatus at this point. So that's even more ticket connection. Norm's theme song, Laser? Yeah. That is genius. Thanks for keeping this fun podcast going, Lane. Wow. So we, we have a fantastic community, and we're uh, glad if you're listening you know that what? you're part of this. You don't have this written down. You're not reading this one, but um, the Twitter, and we talked about this earlier, about the UB40 thing. The guy was like, he was he was on your team with the, wasn't into UB40. Oh, right, yes. And then just all of a sudden, do you remember his name? No, I can try and find it really fast if you give me a second. Yeah, well, I, I'll keep telling the story. But he uh, heard if it happens again, just like you, and decided, wait a minute, and then sent a message of what's another, you know, original record. Not you know, because sometimes people just don't like the covers, right? And I think their original red, records I are think, better. I think red, red, red. <laughs> I think red, red wine is an automatic punch out. Yeah, yeah, and I get you know, I totally get why the covers would kill people, but their original stuff's better. And they have a record, I think, self-titled called UB40 that has another uh, duet with Chrissy Hine that I told him about. And we're chatting on the Twitter and sending it back and forth with UB40 in the thing. And UB40 chimed in. Yeah, they liked the tweet. They How liked, cool is that? They liked you uh, spreading the UB40 gospel. I know, isn't that great? It, it all works together. Wow. It really, really does. I'm still trying to find it. Hold on. I have so many interactions, it's hard. You, you know? do, yeah. Well, you're a you're a Twitter well, legend, I, I, and just, I only have like two friends on there, so it, it's easy for me to keep track. I've just I've been vomiting stars Twitter, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm having to sort through it all. Maybe I should look on mine. Do you want me to look? 
Yeah, you probably should. You find it sooner. Go and get your gum when you want stuff. Doing some things. Check it. Twitter's weird. I'm not good at it. So, what was his name? Oh, here it is. Here's the UB40 like. So proud of it. It says GamerDad83. Okay. Is that is that? Well, I don't know. Right? He did, doesn't have a name anywhere in his handle. No, like, oh, Kevin F. Yeah, Kevin. So yes, Kevin came around a little bit on UB40 thanks to last month's pod, mm-hmm. and uh, then UB40 liked the fact that I know. We, and we did made you see my picture fan. that I sent him? Oh yeah, yeah. It's got Jed in it, or mm-hmm. my black cat look, s- sitting in front of the UB40 record, which is always cool. Um, can I get to my book report? I feel like we've just been spouting. Yeah, well, that's why I I wanted to do this now because I felt like it would be too much to cram to the beginning. You're right. You're right. And so uh, we are one track down. We are almost one beer down. I'm I'm definitely going to do another Maharaja before we get into your beer. But no. We, but we are going to get into your first or kind of your first proper entry from the Pretty in Pink soundtrack. Yeah, well, we already heard uh, one little bit of it. And now that we're doing all this, I feel like we could have done a whole thing on just John Hughes. Sure. Because he was so important. Um, Yeah, I didn't realize uh, that they had metal bats uh, until I got there. (laughs) No, uh, that uh, I didn't didn't realize that uh, John Hughes was just the um, producer um, no, he was the... He didn't write Pretty well, Pink? He wrote it. Okay. He wrote it, and I guess he was uh, one of the producers. He wasn't the main producer, yeah. but it was directed by Howard Deutsch. Okay. I mean, he he wrote the movie Pretty in Pink, not the song. Right. He, yes, he wrote, he wrote the script for the movie. Um, oh, so he was co-executive producer, John Hughes was. But um, he... It was John Hughes who insisted that... Uh, Howard Deutsch include all of these kind of post-punk new wave bands yeah, that and was songs his, that was into the thing. soundtrack. Because those movies, uh, Sixteen Candles, uh, Breakfast Club, uh, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, was some kind of wonderful John Hughes? That was John Hughes, wasn't I it? I think so. If it wasn't, they copied him. But uh, another great soundtrack. But... Um, uh, I guess Breakfast Club was Weird re- Science. Weird Science. Man, see, those were yeah, all so, those movies. Some kind of wonderful was as well. All those movies were our uh, our life movies yes. when we were younger. That's what it was like in the eighties. Um, but the soundtracks really meant a lot because you would you always got the soundtrack to the movies. Like uh, Ferris Bueller had Zig Zig Sputnik on it. Remember uh-huh. that stuff? And it had didn't, the, didn't he have a Cabaret Voltaire poster in his yeah, bedroom? Yeah, he had a Cabaret Voltaire poster, but they, they didn't make the soundtrack, Was which that was a letdown. But uh, that Yellow song, you remember? Oh, uh, the, oh, yeah? Yeah, and that was mass. I mean, no one would have heard of that tune except being in clubs if it wasn't for that movie. Right, I mean, and it was it perfect was, in that movie. Oh, it was right when they see the Ferrari, right? Uh-huh. Um and uh, in Breakfast Club, uh, don't you forget about me. And this is what leads to uh, the Pretty in Pink thing. Did you realize that the because Don't You Forget About Me was just a massive Simple Mind song, right? Right. But it wasn't written for them, right? Is that what you're getting to? They didn't write it. 
Right. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was it was written for Billy Idol, and Billy Idol turned it down. Well, actually, they wrote it. Uh, well, the guy, the Keith Forsey guy, is uh, Billy Idol's producer. Okay. So he was kind of writing it with him in mind, but they pitched it to Brian Ferry first. That's weird. To be the singer for the uh, Breakfast Club hit, so, you know, that's the massive song in the movie, right? But he turned it down. And I know, I I know, Simple Minds. It's a blessing and a curse for them. They they distanced for a while, but now they're but when it, they play shows, but they, they sing it. But they nailed it. Yeah, they the drummer, the fill in the middle. Yeah. Everyone, that's an air drum bit. Um, but I can kind of see Brian Ferry singing that. Sure. Right. It, it it wouldn't have been as fist in the air. No, no, definitely. It, w- it wouldn't have been the the soundtrack to a million proms and graduations. <laughs> right. If it was well, that, Brian Ferry. Well, this is what's funny, and I'll get to the prom. Remember the prom scene in, in Pretty in Pink? Uh huh. Remember how awkward the dancing was? Yeah. All right, I'll get to that in a second. So Keith Forsey and some other dude wrote the. Uh, don't you forget about me and he's on uh keith forsey is on a lot of that record and he wrote songs like uh um what a feeling for a flash dance uh-huh or i don't know if he was the main but he you know he's a co-writer with these people and then he wrote like uh stuff like shakedown for um beverly hills Cop. uh-huh and uh there was another movie he he wrote like some Donna Summer stuff and like some other things, but this is where it gets cool. He ends up being, uh, so he writes that tune. Uh, John Hughes is already working with this dude. He it becomes the drummer of Psychedelic Furs. Keith Forsey does. Okay. Isn't that weird? That is weird. So John Hughes starts listening because he's into that dude, starts listening to Psychedelic Furs stuff, finds the song Pretty in Pink and decides that that's what he's going to call his next movie. Isn't that awesome? That's great. But yeah, no, I didn't know Simple Minds didn't write that song until today. Uh, The other thing I didn't realize is um, a a lot of bands on the Pretty in Pink soundtrack uh, wrote songs for the soundtrack. They didn't just... It wasn't like he picked songs from different bands and then put them on the soundtrack they were just a couple of the bands wrote them for it like the bring on the dancing horses song right that was written for the movie right did you, did you know that yes and i think one of the songs that you're going to play later yeah was written for the and one soundtrack. of the other ones um but the prom scene <laughs> and uh you know what i'll bring up the prom scene later because it goes with the next song okay but for this first song the in excess song. Do you remember the in excess song from? Well, first of all, what it, the Pretty in Pink soundtrack? Did you get that when you were like I don't know when did this come out? Eighty six when you were fourteen or whatever. Yeah, no, I never had the soundtrack. I did see the movie. Oh, of uh, course. I mean, I don't think I saw it in the theater. I think I saw it like on HBO later. Oh, really? This was I mean, a big date I, yeah, movie. You had no, to go I, see. I I didn't go on dates until I was much much older. <laughs> You had to see Pretty in Pink at the no, movies, day. I didn't see it in the theater. Because it was the lead-up. You know, you had uh, 16 Candles. Uh, if you saw 16 Candles and you saw Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink was a... You didn't even care what it was about. You were going to this. Right. And the soundtrack, I, to me, of those three, and you can throw Ferris Bueller in in there. Um, but, you know, the Ferris Bueller one had, like, the Beatles song. and Yeah. And... Um, 
you know, that one's kind of more random, but this one had the best soundtrack. Well, and, and, you know, John Cryer, Ducky, he was like uh he was like a music nerd and they had all those scenes in the record store yeah because molly ringwall worked at the record store called do you remember what it was called no it's called tracks tracks with an x yeah i think so i'm not positive but i think it was um but yeah a lot of the scenes were in the record store it was so i mean golly if you were going to put something in a time capsule of what the 80s was like i think that's it yeah if you throw pretty and pink in there it's exactly what it was like um, but this first one is a weird in excess song that I always thought was one of their best tunes. I don't, I don't even know if they ever even like this was part of their shows and stuff. But in um, excess was a uh, speaking of soundtracks was always they were a big part of the Lost Boys soundtrack. Remember that? Uh huh. And uh, things like that. John Hughes I don't think had anything to do with that, but it was around all the same time. In excess was huge, but I love this song. Do you do you remember it right off the top of your head? No, I don't. All right, let's let's play it. It's one of my favorite NXS songs, and it's the only way I would have heard it is because of the soundtrack. It goes just like this.
Yeah. <laughs> that that really just takes me back to the um you know, I've told you about my little yellow MG. I right. Played, I played this soundtrack a lot. This when I, was when you, I would have busted a U-turn to see who that hot chick yeah. was. You know, you could make you everyone made their own mixtapes back then, but John Hughes made the best. And boy, Pretty and Pink nailed it. We played the crap out of everyone wanted that poster. It was in record shops everywhere. I mean, of course it would be. A lot of the like you were saying before, a lot of the main scenes in the movie were in a awesome record store that mm-hmm. we all used to hang out in when we were 15 years old. Right. I mean, I used to get my folks to drop me off at the record store. Is that weird? like you would just hang out in the record store? Uh-huh. For like an hour. It was awesome. I miss it, Dave. I miss Record Store. Uh, but you know what? It's coming back a little bit. You seem to be um, your Record Store Dave. Yeah. Well, I have uh, I have a jam from Record Store Day for the After Dark. Oh, you do? Yeah. I've got a vinyl that I got on Record Store Day. Record Store Dave Day. Record Store Day Dave. Yes. It oh. is time for your brew. Mm-hmm. I'm very happy about today's episode and about our brews and that they're, we're doing soundtracks and you just played a ride song. It's just everything seems to be going great. It's really working out well so far. Let's uh, let's not jinx it. Do you want me to um, tell you about this beer? Yeah, why don't you tell me a little bit about... Uh, it's a very pretty can. I know. Um, I got this... Uh, I was tipped off to this brew by um, someone named Joanna Dunaway. Can you hear that head? I know, right? It's uh, I like it because, and it says right here on the back, and these are the reasons it, it lists them, because it's tart, but mainly it's dry. Mm-hmm. Because you don't like your t- ciders to be... Did we say it was a cider? No. It's a cider. It's an Argus cider called Ciderkin. Is that the name? Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Ciderkin from Austin, Texas. It's very like uh, you were talking about H2L being farm to table. You know, this is like very artisanal. It says Argus fermentables. Yeah, and on the back it gives you the explanation, the whole thing. Uh, best enjoyed ice cold, which I love mine on ice, but you like yours straight. I mean, sometimes I will do... Um, cider on ice but I, I wanted to taste this one yeah. without anything else Joanna likes hers uh, just no ice as well mm-hmm. um, but this is 100% apples no sugar which is I, which that's what I want from my cider Dave. it is very crisp it's crisp crisp and it will uh, you know kind of give you a little boost real quick here in the middle of the pod and it's very um it's extremely carbonated. I mean, look at it go. Um, By the way, uh, Keith Forsey, I don't see that he was ever in any of the bands that we were talking about. Um, I think you were just making stuff up. No, it says it on the thing. Would you like me to show you? I would love for you. It says that he was in a band called Tracks with an X. Um, here we go. It's out here at the end. It says... If you leave, pretty in pink. 
The singer's co-writer, Keith Forsey, took over as drummer for the Psychedelic Furs in 1984 and produced their album Mirror Moves that year. When John Hughes found that out, Forsey wrote, Don't You Forget About Me. He delved into the Psychedelic Furs and discovered the group's 1981 song, Pretty in Pink. He made that the title song of his next movie. Which, which well, Mirror did, Moves was the record that you said? Yeah, he could have just produced that and, and um, played drums and on played it. drums on the record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, producer Keith Forsey mm-hmm. handled majority of the drumming on the album with session musician Tommy Price playing on two tracks. Right. Yeah, so I guess maybe that, that's when they were between drummers, and yeah. so he just kind of did everything. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes okay, sense. Okay, so, so we're both right. Well, I was we're mainly both, we're right. We're both wrong, and we're both right. But I was super mainly right. Yes, you're mainly right, but you're also wrong. I can't believe he wrote What a Feeling. Do you remember that one? What, what a feeling And feel believe Is that the one where she gets the water? Like she's no, t- that's that's Maniac, isn't it? Oh yeah. <laughs> where she's stomping her feet and splashing the water everywhere. There's a maniac, maniac on the floor. It's a dance Man, I'm gonna have a hard time making all this edit stuff work. Yeah. Well, um, you you now have two extra weeks to do the after dark, thanks to Lane. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what did we just play? <laughs> you played the NXS jam. Did you want to say anything else about the NXS jam before we move on to my next one? No, it's a good jam. I love the um, acoustic, like the sound of it. It sounds good, right? Yeah. I mean, you can tell that they are entering their wheelhouse phase. Yeah. On this, it's, the cool thing about the soundtracks, you'd hear songs you never hear. Like, I we all knew the Suzanne Vega song. The um, my name is Luca. Yes. Yeah. About the, the kid that got beaten. Yeah, she had the Luca song, but no one would have ever heard the tune. Uh, What was her jam off this one? The Left of Center. And do you know Joe Jackson was on that? No. He played piano on it. Uh, Left of Center off of the skip And do the end And do the something And do the something When a numb thing Remember that jam? Should I play that in After Dark? If you want to. There's a couple of other ones I'm going to play in the After Dark. Have uh, you ever heard of a dude named Jesse Johnson? No. Can't wait till you see a picture of Jesse Johnson. <laughs> and um, I might play a... Remember the Beloise Sum song? How do you say it? Is it Beloise or Beloise uh, Sum? I don't know what you're talking about. You never heard of that dude? Uh-uh. All right, I'm definitely playing that in the After Dark. But let's uh, let's move on. Soundtrack's good. Let's go to next. Let's go to other stuff. All right. Let's get to my next one. Um, this is a uh, a band. I, I asked you before we started recording if you were familiar, and it's a band that neither of us have really listened to much, but we have friends that this is one of their pet bands. Mm-hmm. This is a band known as Starflyer 59. Right. The uh, Hi-Fi guys were really into them and like uh, 
like I mentioned before, roller skate skinny. And uh, like Swerve Driver would have been a part, sort of a part of all this kind of stuff. Right. Even though they were a bit older, I think. Well, uh, it's it's mainly one dude, a guy named Jason Martin. And he started Starflyer 59 in uh, 1993 in Riverside, California. And in the, uh, I guess, the last 25 years, uh, he's put out two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 15 now full length records. Golly. Very prolific. And I think that's why I maybe have not really uh, dived into, dove into his catalog just because it's it's so daunting. There's so many records. It's hard to divot into that. Yes. Uh, but he just came out with his uh, 15th, and his 15th Golly. record is uh entitled back in black <laughs> young in my head and i downloaded it listened to it and the entire record is really good you know he he did as you mentioned came up in that kind of shoegaze scene and Definitely. he was he was kind of uh in an american version of uh swerve driver was in that whole uh, shoegaze movement. And I guess he's gone off into different styles since then. And this one is, um, it almost has kind of a, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't say country, but just kind of a, a Western bent to it. And you said this one was, a, you picked the upbeat number. I picked the uh, the title track. Okay. There, it's kind of a mixed bag. Like half of the songs are somewhat upbeat, half of them are somewhat uh, slow and depressing. Um, mm -hmm. But the entire record is all about getting old, and um, you know, I, I don't know how old he is, but you know, if you imagine he was probably eighteen, twenty back in in ninety three, he's about our age. You know, he's he's mid forties, pushing fifty. And he's, I guess, sensing his own mortality. He's uh, thinking that maybe it's it's stupid that he's still trying to play music and that uh, he should grow up or he should have grown up a long time ago. And so that's kind of the theme of the record. God, it's very depressing. It is very depressing, but um, the guy just, he, uh, you know, as, as we mentioned, he's put out 15 records. He's just a really prolific songwriter and he's a really good songwriter. He just writes uh, really concise, interesting songs. And so, um, even though I'm not like a Starflyer 59 super fan, mm -hmm. I just really liked this record and I really, uh, thought that it would be something that, uh, the audience would like as well. So do you want to jam it? Yeah, let's hear it because um, I haven't revisited the Starflyer 59 in years. Yeah, this and maybe maybe we can uh, play one of his uh, early jams on, on the, uh, the late night. But uh, I hope you like this one. It is the title track. It's uh, entitled Young in My Head off Young in My Head by Starflyer 59 on HTWOW.
That's a hot jam. I uh, I love the new order. Yeah, kind of the uh, the it's guitar uh, line the, thing. The plucky. Yeah. Kind of um. Little Peter Hooky thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. Um. Yeah, man. I wonder how they do. Like, how does Star Fifty Nine? If they like, are they like a sellout trees kind of thing? I don't know. Um, let me, let me see where they even have played in Dallas. It's not showing, um, that he's ever played in Dallas. Like them, and they just, it, it seems like they're one of those bands that maybe doesn't tour that much at all. Or is there even a band? Is it just him? Well, I think in the, in the studio it's just him, but I guess he has, um, but it looks like, man, he has not toured very much. He, he's played uh, a handful of shows, like, on the East and West Coast, but that's about it. Huh. So I guess it's more of a studio band than a touring band. That's cool. It's a good jam. Good for him. Yeah, so, I, you know, it, I will, probably on my drive home, I will uh, just stack up some Starflyer 59 albums and just listen to them and see how it feels because maybe i've missed out maybe you have missed out that was on uh i want to say it was on eric martin's uh either a telly or a strat he had a massive starflyer 59 sticker right in the dead center Uh uh-huh and i know um jordan from uh calhoun he's a big uh Mm -hmm. starflyer 59 fan you know, he was one. Of, he's the originator of the high T. Oh, that he, he gave you the nickname. He called me that first. Because so we we owe him a debt. He sent me a picture the other day of uh, a T 
place that he walked by that was named High Teen. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you want to uh, explain the origin of your nickname? Well, there's like four different reasons for it. I like that it could mean anything, Dave. Right. I want this is one of those things. Like, do you explain the lyrics? No. Okay. You just Keep let, it a mystery. You just let people believe what they want to believe. Sure. All right, so that's Starflare 59. We don't need to talk about that anymore. It was really good. I like that. And yeah. now we're going to get back to more soundtrack stuff. Yeah, so we so far we've played uh, the the title track, the Psychedelic uh-huh. First song. You played Do What You Do by NXS. Which is sort of a hidden track on there, but it's good. I, I love the hidden tracks. I'm going to play some Jesse Johnson in the After Dark. Um... I can't wait for you to hear that one. Run down some of the the big hits that uh, you're not playing. Well, we're not going to... Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, We're not going to do Bring on the Dancing Horses, which might be the best song off of the Right. And that that was one that we mentioned earlier was written for the movie. Yes. That was another one written for the movie. And the only reason why we're not playing it is because we've already played that one. Yeah, we played it to open the show about a year ago. The other one is uh, Please, Please, Please Let Me Get What I Want by a band called The Smiths. Have you ever heard of I, them, yes, Dave? Yes, yes. I have heard of them. Um, so The Smiths are on there. Echo and the Bunnymen is on there. I'm going to play a New Order song called Shell Shock later on this evening. On the After Dark. On the After Dark. That might be the first one I play. That one almost made the the first team cut. Would you consider the, the pod, the actual, the first team? I mean, it, it, there. It's it's like um, I don't know. It's 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 like when you have like the blue and white scrimmage, right? For, for the Cowboys, everybody's first team. Everybody's first team. But yeah, so you have New Order on here. You have Echo and the Bunnymen. You have the Smiths. You have Psychedelic Furs. You have Suzanne Vega, NXS, and OMD all in one soundtrack. Jesse Johnson. I'm guessing you don't know who that is. No. Um, do you know, and you just said you don't know who Beloise Sum is, and no. I'm, and I'm, I'm thinking I'm saying that right, but he had a couple of tunes in the eighties, but the, uh, round round song, I'm definitely going to play later on, but the next one I'm going to play is a Nick Kershaw song. Remember him? Nope. Look, look him up. You know, probably five of the songs this dude has written. He's a, he's the real deal, but he didn't perform this one on the soundtrack, which I always thought that it wasn't at Kershaw. Um, but this is called, this is from uh, a band or mainly a dude named Danny Hutton and the Hitters. Do you know who Danny Hutton is? <laughs> I wouldn't have known if I hadn't seen it <laughs> on the thing I looked up earlier. <laughs> so random. It's very random that they would have found this guy. I'm... Do you think they asked him to do this? I have no idea. I mean, so he was the the singer in Three Dog Night. (laughs) And so I guess Three Dog Night wasn't doing anything at the time. So he had this other band, Danny Hutton and the Hitters. I'm guessing he's just cruised around and they played just a bunch of cover stuff. Uh, By the way, I have a um, a Three Dog Night story that we can tell after this song. (laughs) How in the hell do you have a Three Dog Night story? Just wait. That's insane. 
All right. Well, this song was one of those songs, and the only reason why I would have heard this ever is because John Hughes or whoever put this on a soundtrack, and it's probably it's one of my favorite songs on the entire thing. Really? Do you, do you know what it is? No. I mean, you'll recognize it instantly. It's a hit. Like, what scene was it in? Do you remember? Um, it's it's on one of these pages. They go through uh, each scene of we, you know, when the. Uh, like when the NXS song uh-huh, comes on or right. when the Smiths thing, because there's two different versions of the Smiths one that comes on. One of them, Dream Academy, did an instrumental version of it. That's weird. And it's being played at some point, and then the Smiths sign, like a new record for the Smiths is coming up at Tracks Record. <laughs> like a, anyway, somebody got real nerdy about it and really picked out every single, even behind the you know uh, stuff that didn't make the soundtrack. Like right, every little like music that's playing. Remember when Ducky comes in and sings that whole? Uh, remember he does the whole routine where he's dancing around the. Oh, in the record store. Yeah, and it's an old. Uh, it's an Otis Redding song, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, either way, it doesn't matter. But that yeah, one. Yeah, there's didn't. there's two uh, New Order songs that didn't make the soundtrack. They're the uh, Elysia. Uh huh. And they did an instrumental version of Perfect Kiss. Yeah, and that's a very that's a real important part of the movie is when they're doing that instrumental, right? Uh huh. Um, but it's like a sad bit. Uh, anyway, we're not going to get into all the <laughs> what songs come up at what times. We're just playing good tunes. For I know. You. Well, I I just I was trying to see if I could place this before we we play it, but just let's just jam it. Well, you'll and, you'll remember this tune right away, and okay. if you don't, this will become one of your favorite jams. Ready? You yes. want to hear it? I want to hear it. Uh, H T Wow song uh, happening right now. H T Wow.
I don't remember that, but that is a great tune and kind of the prototypical 80s soundtrack tune. I know, isn't it? It's it's uh, I mean, that just, could have been in any of those that into the Woman in Red or <laughs> Mannequin. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> How did that come to you? I don't know. Oh my god, that was one of my very first uh, date movies. Was Mannequin? How'd it go? It went well. Remember the hit song from Mannequin? No. Wasn't it the um, that terrible uh, Starship song? <laughs> it wasn't when built the city. Maybe what was the other one? Are you looking up Mannequin soundtrack? Uh huh. Should I do the Mannequin soundtrack next? <laughs> yes, please do. Yeah. Uh, nothing's gonna stop us now. now. If we can build this thing together, raise this song forever. Nothing's gonna stop us. Nothing's gonna stop us now. That's like the fade out of that is like the beginning of every 80s TV show. <laughs> right? <laughs> Belinda Carlisle had a, uh, a track on there. What was hers? In My Wildest Dreams. Man, maybe Mannequin should be my next soundtrack. <laughs> that sounds good already. <laughs> I'm into it. Oh. Why are we talking about that? Oh, this song could have easily been yeah. on any of those. It could have been on anything. Could have been on anything. But I love it. Do you want to hear my... Um, my Your th- weird Three Dog Night story? My Three Dog Night story? What was Three Dog Night? Are they, are they, were One they like... is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. But is that... Uh, were, were they just three singers and they had a band? or? I don't know. I don't remember what the Three Dog Night uh, story was. Um, but man, he's singing real hard at the end. But it's also like, how do you? Yeah, I guess they were kind of like a, um, like a Crosby, Stills and Nash. Yeah, type like thing. a vocal so, group. Yeah, so it was Danny Hutton, Corey Wells, and Chuck Negron, or Negron. Distance. Negro, N. Mm. Spelled Negro with an N at the end. <laughs> Will you please stop? <laughs> Just stop. Uh, yes, yeah, so um, it says that uh, Danny Hutton's girlfriend, actress June Fairchild, best known as the Ajax lady from the Cheech and Chong movie Up in Smoke, God. suggested the name after reading a magazine article about indigenous Australians mm-hmm. in which it was explained on cold nights they would customarily sleep in a hole in the ground while embracing a dingo. That's a three On dog night. nights, they would sleep with two dogs, and if the night was freezing, it was a three dog night. Yeah, I prefer the two dog night, weather-wise. Yeah, so they uh, they got together back in 67. So gosh, <laughs> by the mid-80s, he was, he was a grizzled veteran, but he was belting out an 80s number there. He was. He was kicking down a Nick Kershaw song. So uh, this is my... my Three Dog Night story. Let's go in the Wayback Machine to um, late '90s, I guess. Should I put the chimes in right there? No, we don't don't need the chimes. I'm gonna do it. Here they go. You ready? You ready to go to the late '90s? Yeah. Well, I'm gonna move it over there later. All right. Now we're in the late '90s, (laughs) and so um, my ex at the time. 
worked for a big company. She was uh, in sales for this big company. <laughs> okay. And they had kind of a, like an annual party in Austin. When is this again? Late 90s? Late 90s, okay. yeah. And so this was when, you know, this was during my, uh, my ticket heyday when I was uh, doing tickers on the hard line. Yeah, hell yeah. And so one of her bosses, one of the higher-ups at this company, was a huge P1. And so we, uh, we get to this party. You know, everybody takes a bus from the hotel to some giant venue in Austin. Right. And they have like a big buffet, an open bar, and the entertainment for the evening is Three Dog Night. <laughs> and so her boss, all he wants to do all night is talk to me and feed me drinks. We're doing tequila shots and, uh, you know, he's introducing me to people and ha people have no idea what he's talking about or who I am, but, uh -huh. he th but he thinks it's great. You don't want to say what company this is for? Uh, well, I mean, it was, uh, it was SBC. Oh, okay. Which turned into AT and T. Oh dang! Okay. Yeah. So, and then he he really wanted to tell me how much they paid for Three Dog Night. He was like, "Guess how much we paid him?" How much, how much did they give Three Dog? Night? And I was like, "I don't know, thirty grand." He's like, "No, no, higher." Yes, I love that. Where were they playing? Oh uh, God, I don't remember. I mean, what did the stage look like? I mean, it was it was a it was a concert venue. It was like a big warehouse with a stage. It was okay, it sweet. was like a legit place. They had full on production. Yeah, they had full on. They lights, weren't just in the PA. corner of no. the of the conference. No, it was a it was a full on rock show. Okay. Uh, I think they paid them in the low six figures. Holy crikey! Did they have that many hits? No. <laughs> and so, the culmination of the story is that uh, he was always wanting to keep me close uh -huh. because he was trying to convince the band, convince Three Dog Night, to let me come on stage and sing backup on One is the Loneliest Number. <laughs> Why did he want you to do that? Because he just thought it would be awesome. Oh, yeah. It is. I would like to see it. And... And I, I, he, I, this is totally unbeknownst to me. I only find out afterwards. He's like, yeah, man, I was trying to, I was trying to get you on stage. I wanted to, you know, introduce Gen X Davey and have you uh, sing backup on uh, One is the Loneliest Number. I was like, that is the stupidest idea. You don't know the words to that no. And he, he said, yeah, they told me to go to hell. Yeah, they're not doing that crap. I was like, good. Did they do this song? I don't think so. I uh, I have no idea. I have no. I I got so wasted that night. I think I puked on the bus. I'm I mean, they must sure. they must have been pretty big. I Three Dog Night. When I read that yesterday, immediately was like, oh, like that's pretty big, right? In my head, they were a pretty big band. Yeah, but I don't I don't know if they ever had anything that was as big as that one song. Are you looking it up? Yeah. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. And two can be as weird as three, but then four is something, and then there's a one. Something like that, right? Yeah, you got it. I don't know. It's They don't have a 
standard uh, wiki wiki discography, so it's hard for me to tell you. Oh. Well, I Don't really do like the, that song we just played, and um, he sang the hell out of it. Yeah, one went to number five in the U.S., Easy to Be Hard went to number four. Ooh. Mama Told Me Not to Come, hey now, <laughs> went to number one in 1970. Went to number one? Uh-huh. Yeah, see, I think we'd recognize all these songs if we heard them. An Old Fashioned Love Song went to number four in 1971. That was, was a hit. Yeah, dude, they had hits, bro. Yeah. Uh, Black and White was the number one hit in 1972. See, that stuff right there will get you six figs at yep. the AT&T uh, reunion. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that's my three dog night story. And that's pretty good. Did you meet them? No, no. You were about to sing a duet with the lead singer and you didn't meet them first? They didn't want me on the stage, so it uh, it didn't happen. Just didn't pan out the way you wanted? Did not work out. All right, you ready for my last jam? And I need another beer. What uh, are you going to go to next? I'm going to go back to the Maharaji. Maharaj? Yeah, because, you know, we'll drink plenty of cider later, but I need to get my swerve on. Okay, I can't wait. Um, so, so far, you've really hit it out of the park with the first two numbers, Dave. Yes, I have, I've played you Ride and I've played you uh, Starflyer 59, both guitar-oriented tunes. I'm going to take a left turn and go super gay because it's, it's guilty pleasure time. Yeah, third jam. And uh, this is a brand new song by a band that is called Pure Bathing Culture. Are you aware of this band? I am aware of this band, yes. Are you really? Yeah. Uh, strangely enough, uh, they're one of those bands that thought of a really good name that when you hear it once, you got it. Right. So, yes, I, I do like this band. Yeah, so they, um, they came out with their first record in 2013 called Moon Tides. And that's when I became aware of them. They were very much like a pitchfork darling, mm -hmm. you know, kind of a, a indie blog band. Are they a Bella Union band? Uh, no, they're on Partisan Records. Okay. Um, and so then uh, they came out with a second record in 2015 called Pray for Rain. And that is notable. I mentioned that because they produced it in Dallas with uh, John Cogleton. That's why I know who this is. You know, he's... Uh, what, what band was it? The Paper Chase? Yeah, and he did all of the... Uh, uh, what's the band that did all the Friday Night Lights? Um, oh, uh, Explosions in the Sky? Yeah, he did all their stuff. He worked out of the... Uh, he's worked out of the studio a few times, but then he... Uh, him and Stuart Sykes opened a studio for a while in Oak Cliff before right. uh, Stuart moved to Austin. Yes, and Stuart Sykes is notable because I once told him the Nutnicker story <laughs> at the Old Monk. Yeah. yeah, and he's done some pretty big records. Yeah, he's done some pretty big records, and he knows the Nutnicker story. Yeah. So they have opened for the likes of Churches and Death Cab for Cutie and The Shins, and they just put out their third record, um, which is entitled Night Pass. And it's just a duo. So it's a, a chick named Sarah Versprill and a dude named Daniel Hindman. Mm-hmm. And they, Where are they from, Dave? They uh, were college students in New Jersey when they met. They lived in Brooklyn. 
Then they moved to Portland in 2011. So they went from Brooklyn to Portland, from one hipster capital to another. And now they live in Austin. No, I think they're still in Portland. They'll be in Austin soon. Um, but uh, they were playing together in a band called Vetiver. I'm not sure. I'm not I, sure I've I ever. Like the, I like this name better. I'm not sure I've ever heard of them. They're they're a folk band um, from uh, San Francisco. Oh God. Oh, yeah, it sounds terrible. That sounds but this band, terrible. But Pure Bathing Culture is not a folk band at all. Um, they have moments that kind of sound uh, a little bit like Cocteau Twins um, here and there. You mm -hmm. know, she's uh, got a very distinctive voice and uh, he plays uh, a lot of uh, lush guitar parts. But uh, this is kind of the single off of the new record. And it's a pretty upbeat, uh, noodly little number that, I don't know, either I'll hit it out of the park again or you'll think it's really stupid. I don't know. Do you want to hear it? Well, I'll tell you right away when it's over. What do you think? Yeah, I can't wait to hear what you have to say. This is... Um, you know, we're being honest on this, Dave, when we do things. We, we don't I, I think a lot of I think a lot of people think that we, we're like, oh, man, that's a good jam. Afterwards, that we're just saying that. Um, I'll tell you if it's if I'm not digging it. Right. You can hear it in my voice. Yeah, you d you don't hide your emotions. You tell it like it is, uh, and that's what we respect about you, Toby. That's what's being. I'm a I'm a tough journalist. Uh huh. And that's what uh, HT Wow. <laughs> it's all about. It's all about journalistic integrity. It's all about journalistic integrity. Do you want to hear it? Yes, I want to hear it. It is called Devotion. It is off of uh, Pure Bathing Culture's third record, which is entitled um, Night Pass. Night Pass. <laughs> and here it is. <laughs> <laughs> i 
that is, Dave. What? And we say it a lot on this show, and I noticed when I was editing the last show. It's a hot jam. It's a hot jam, but you know what else it is? What? That's a Yacht Rock hot jam. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. Isn't it? Uh-huh. I mean, if you were boat to boat and... Uh-huh. I'm not gonna lie to you, I might need to get this record. Yeah. Have you spent some time with the record? Yeah, I listened to it uh, a couple times on the way down. To kind of have this whole... No, it's pr- it's kind of varied. It, there's there's a little bit of Yacht Rock on there, but like I said, there's a little bit of uh, moody Cocteau Twinsy stuff, and it's uh, it's all over the place. I wasn't expecting her voice to be so uh, Alison Moyet. Yeah, you I th- know what I mean. So I think, strong singer, kind of. Yeah, I think that uh, she's maybe um, I don't know. I don't want to say gain confidence because that can sound derogatory, but she just has kind of evolved into maybe a, a little bit more of a projecting passionate vocal style. Yeah, it's good. I mean, she's. I mean, Adele could have sung that song. Right. You know what I mean, yeah. The the first record, uh, that Moon Tides or whatever it was, you know, is she had a little bit more kind of breathy, atmospheric type vocals. You mm-hmm. know, that sounded like it had soul in it. Yeah, she's getting after it. Well, so it, once again, your last song, one. Toby stamp of approval. It totally not, not did. Not lying. Not faking. Not lying. That is not for fake. real. We, we never fake it for you. No, the, the I, pod listener. I am um, just like the hot chip. I'm gonna be into the uh, the bathers of Scarsdale. What's it called? <laughs> Pure bathing culture. Pure bathing culture. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. Um, I don't care what it means, Dave. I like it. Good. See, uh, very good. I take I take risks sometimes, and it pays off. No, that was really good. See, I don't have to take risks because I'm playing hits that were already hits. Yes, not all the time. I think we're gonna finish strong here, though. We're we're back to Pretty in Pink, and we've mentioned all the songs that we are not gonna play, and we've played the songs that we are gonna play. So I think that astute listeners can probably figure out what this jam is going to be. Yeah, uh, this is... um, If Pretty in Pink wasn't the biggest song or Bring on the Dancing Horses, If You Leave by OMD has got to be... Do you think that might even be the most memorable? Was, Was that like at the prom scene at the very end where it's like... They sum everything up with yeah. this song. Yeah. I feel it's, like it's that's it's like the it climax of the movie. Yeah, so this is like the. Um, and this was a uh, this is a non-album track. This is a song that they wrote for the movie. Mm-hmm. And if you want it on an OMD release, if you don't want to buy the Pretty in Pink soundtrack, you got to buy the Best of OMD because yeah, it's I not on this... any album. Yeah, this wasn't. Is this around the time of uh, what was that record? I mean, they had a pretty big record at this time uh, that had Secret on it. Crush. And Crush. Yeah, is that what it yeah, was? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, OMD was doing well. Yes. I think but, they. But were, this is their crowning achievement, I think. And you think this and, is their biggest one? I think it, this is their best song. I mean, I know Enola Gay is the song that, that made them famous and. Like, Tesla we, Girls yeah. and. Um, 
I mean, they had a lot of good. I they mean, had a lot of good songs, but I think that this is the ultimate OMD song, and it makes them a ton of money to this day. I mean, it's in commercials all the time. Yeah. I mean, what wasn't it in uh, one of those uh, dumb uh, investment commercials? Yeah, I think a lot of uh, there were a lot of songs from this soundtrack that are in commercials because it makes people our age want to buy stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah, because people our age <laughs> have money in, now. In theory, have money. Yeah, in theory. And so advertising uh, executives are like, well, what, what did they like when they were kids that will make them want to buy stuff? Or at least pay attention to this commercial. Right? Like the Icicle Work song from last time. Yeah, it's like a TD Ameritrade song or something. <laughs> or a commercial, not song. TD yeah. Ameritrade commercial. Well, there's no setup for it. It's just good. It's just a great song. I feel like I haven't done the... Uh, are we, are we going to watch Pretty in Pink tonight? I feel like we should. I've, I'm, I've never been a huge fan of The Breakfast Club. You didn't, you didn't like that movie? I didn't like it at the time. and I, Just because I felt like it was mean-spirited. And just it, it had such caricatures. Really? You know, the, all the characters were, were such like broad stroke. That's true. Yeah, uh, stereotypes, you know, the jock and the goth girl, and you know, the the troubled teen. God, and I was the nerd. so attracted to Ali Sheedy in that movie. Right? Was she your favorite in that one? Yes. Boy, Absolutely. what was the deal with that? I don't know. She was supposed to be the absolute freak, and everyone was like, "Yeah, she's the yeah, one." It's, it was the eyeliner. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I just, and then she came across really good in uh, Saint Elmo's Fire. Remember? Yeah. But I, I was I was never a huge fan of The Breakfast Club, but Ferris Bueller, Pretty in Pink, and Sixteen Candles all absolutely hold up. Yeah, I mean, and there's some pretty. Uh, I mean, what's the the coolest part in Sixteen Candles? The Thompson Twin song. Uh huh. At the end with the birthday cake on the. Right when when Jake finally uh, yeah. hooks up with her. Jake's so handsome. I mean, he's got his nine eleven parked outside. <laughs> I think it was it was it a nine eleven? Was it nine eleven? I don't know. I think it might have been. You're right. Or maybe no, it wasn't a nine eleven. It was a nine forty four. It was a nine forty four. Red nine forty four. It was a red nine forty four. Oh Danny man, Jake. There was a guy at our high school uh, who uh, had a a nine forty four. I'm guessing at your school at uh, Trinity there were probably a lot more. No, I don't remember a kid having a nine forty four. There was one kid. And everyone was just like, crap. He was kind of dorky, though, so it was... It was that was his, his uh, entree to try and get chicks. Yeah, didn't work. Um, Every once in a while, I would have... I don't get it so much anymore, because, uh, you know, a few extra LBs. Uh-huh. But every once in a while... You get a Jake? I would get a Jake. Really? And I would be like, thank you. That Holy is the God greatest crap, compliment you Dave. could ever give me. That is, he is a dreamboat. I don't see it myself, but I'll take it. Man, take the Jake. Yes. And the 944. And the 944. God, I remember that. <laughs> remember? She forgot no one remembered her birthday. But, I know. But Jake Her did. whole family. And then they, saw, they sat cross-legged on the table and uh, the Thompson Twins, awesome song. We used to cover that, you know. Did you? It was so good. Also, one of the easiest songs to ever play on guitar if you want to learn it later. All right, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one is probably more complicated, but still a great song. 
It's I, by a band called OMD. Just turn that, it up. That I, just, I have seen. How many times have you seen OMD? Um, I think just twice and only in recent history. But I know you saw them a, a million times in the day because they always toured with people. What did you see? Took over the opening slot for... You saw them with Depeche Mode? Spandau Ballet. Spandau Ballet couldn't make the tour and OMD took it over. And you saw them with Peter Murphy? Is that right? I think so. Man, I've seen them a million times. But I, the best shows were on their own at the Music Hall in Houston. Really good, man. I mean, these guys know what they're doing. Um, and they seem to have a bit of a resurgence. Yeah. Little bit, don't they, you think? They, they've started putting out records again, and they're pretty good. I mean, dude, if the psychedelic first can sell out Granada, OMD should be able to kill that, right? Yeah, I think I saw them at Granada. Oh, you did? Yeah. And how'd it go? It was great. All right. Well, let's listen to this song that needs no introduction at all. It's it's the one of the hits from the movie. Everybody. I want you to imagine yourself at prom, Dave. Yeah, everybody uh, imagine that you're Ducky standing at the bottom of the stairs and you see Molly Ringwald in her pink dress. Mm-hmm. And you always and you point at your shoes and go, I will always be the duck man. Cue the music. Seven. 
The best, Jerry. The best, Jerry. Golly, that's good. Oh, man. Does that take you back? Every time. Every the, the, time. The the synth, the, the the synth strings, the synth chorus, the sax solo. Sax solo. Another 80s tune with a sax solo. I think, did every single song I play have a sax solo? Did it? I have a surprise for you, Dave. Remember, What's that? Remember the last episode where the sax solo came up during the Cure song? Uh-huh. And I said, I've always wanted to record a sax solo. Have you recorded a sax solo? It's coming, Dave. For for what project? I don't want to tell you yet. It's a surprise. Shadows of Jets? Nope. It's a surprise. Taylor Young Jam? I can't tell you, Dave. It's a surprise. DBS? There might be a sax solo in a tune coming up, and I can't wait. <laughs> That's exciting. Oh, man. Uh, great song, and I can't wait to play the other ones in the After Dark. Um... Yeah, if you uh, if if you want to get in on the after dark, go to oldwaver.com, click on the premium link, sign up, and you'll have instant access to all of the after dark pods. I mean, John Hughes just made us a great mixtape that went with his movie. Oh, so that song, so if you leave, is in the prom scene, right? This is yeah. what I was going to tell you earlier. They filmed the prom scene with uh, Don't You Forget About Me as the music. Uh-huh. Because this song wasn't done yet. So they're dancing off time? Well, this is the the other weird thing. They told OMD the tempo it needed to be. So they recorded the song, but they say in interviews that whoever edited the dance scene at the end just must not have known anything about music. So they're all dancing out of time to the tune because they just didn't line the tune up with the other thing even though so they're not they're not dancing off beat it just doesn't line up with how the song goes right it's the right tempo but it's not lined up exactly they didn't line it up so it's not completely awkward but if you do watch the dance scene at the end of the thing you probably You're think man, like, man people in the 80s have dance no rhythm crazy like they are <laughs> wild um but yeah so but i think it's cool that they used a old song from one of his last movies to film the last scene of the Pretty in Pink thing to do the deal. Brings it full circle, bro. See, what I've done there is I've just... You're a storyteller. I'm a storyteller, I mean, even though everything I've said is very random <laughs> your the book entire re- time. That your makes book reports, no point. Your book reports oftentimes don't have a point, but then they all come together they at the end. They all come together at the end, and I, I just like the soundtrack, Dave, and that's all there is to it. Well, that was a pleasant surprise. Wasn't that nice? I think I think everyone is uh, they're gonna right stand back and give you an ovation. That's a good road trip. The Pretty in Pink soundtrack and the After Dark. Then we're gonna man. I can't wait to play some. I almost played the three songs I'm playing in the After Dark were supposed to be in this. Right. But we're about playing the hits. Right. And I have a stack of vinyl that I brought for the After Dark. Oh, man, I can't wait. It's um, going to be so good. Should we wrap it up? Did you have anything else you needed to say? No, let's wrap it. Because we need to get some dinner. And then we need to... Uh, you need to teach me that Thompson Twins song. It's so easy. <laughs> and then we need to do the After Dark. Okay, cool. Do you want to perform uh, it in the After Dark? <laughs> sure, yeah. We, we can debut. We'll learn it and Thompson then perform Twins it. Our Thompson Twins cover next. band. 
Uh, but yes, uh, let's let's crank up some psychedelic furs and get the hell out of here. All right, here it comes. I'm I'm just gonna just hit punch it, it. wherever punch it, it is. In. Let me pod this down and then we'll crank it up, Chief. Boom. Hope it's at a sax solo. Oh wait, hold on. Oh yeah, don't worry about this stuff. Yes. Oh, right on. Thank you once again if you've made it to the very end. We always congratulate you and give you our sincere appreciation because not everyone who clicks on an episode makes it all the way. They can't take it. But you are the special one who made it all the way to the end to hear us sing it out. This has been HTWOW May 2019, episode 23. We love you. Please spread the word. Please uh, drop us a line. Please post a review. Please tell all your friends. Become a patron. All of that stuff. Help us continue to bring this pod to you. And we are going to bring it to you in person very soon. We're, we're working on that. And that's just, not just empty talk. We're going to buy equipment. We have venues lined up. We are going to do it. Cables. So we can't wait to see you in person. Thanks for loving HTWOW. We love you. Joins us at the end. Hit the tambo real quick. The tambo? Isn't she?